Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Spa Strong Podcast. I'm Royal. I'm Melissa. And this is part two to episode 17. Yes. So in part one and part two, we have been talking with Natalie Warren. Natalie is a licensed esthetician and the owner of Skinspiration Spa in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I highly, we highly recommend (laughs) going back and listening to that first because that episode is chock full of amazing wisdom, as is this one. We're so excited about everything that Natalie shared with y'all and with us. So grab your notepad and let's dive into part two. You need to be an accountable manager. You need to treat them like they're excellent employees, empower them, let them know that you know you trust them, that um, you know they're prepared to handle whatever situation. I mean, uh, you just hit the nail on the head. I think it's so important. Yeah, and and you know, and the most important thing is making sure that they are safe. Yes. Um, yeah. And and that's something that you know we see a ton, and and um, and I really really feel for anybody if anyone is listening to this and you're at a position where you talk about this a little bit in the book, um, where your man the management made you feel kind of invalidated when you would bring situations to them, um, that is not okay like under any circumstances like it's your responsibility as a business owner like not even like morally legally to make sure that you handle situations correctly and that you know you especially like like we were talking about later like sexual harassment cases um that are so so prevalent in you know aesthetics and massage and just just our industry and, and kind of you know expanding into every industry but um I never had like a, a sexual harassment training in esthetician school, and it was, you know, I think it was it was something that is really, really needed. Um, and yet, every other corporate situation, like that, is something that you're required to do. Like you're required to go do that. Like it's not even like that's like the basics, and we don't we don't have that. That's not even touched on. Oh my gosh, Natalie! <laughs> Again, the gold is just like spewing from you, like. That is why we created the sexually inappropriate behavior course that we have online because out of all of the spas that I worked at um, and the spa industry, uh, you know, jobs that I had, like teaching or whatever, never once did I go through a sexual harassment training. Never once in aesthetic school did anybody talk about how that was a possibility. And I even asked about it. I asked one of my instructors about it. I asked my first manager about it. Like, is this something that we should be preparing for? No, we've never had a problem with that. I've never known anybody have a problem with that. It's fine. And then I did end up having problems with it. So I thought that it was my fault because, well, nobody else is having problems with it. So it must be something I did. I must have invited this to happen to me. But that's a complete lie. And that is why we need to be talking about this because, no, it does happen. That is the most underrated course in the best course we have. But, but like, since it doesn't happen to me, I'm not gonna worry about that course, but like, yo, you fucking yeah. need it, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Yeah. There's a reason we made these three specifics courses right now, mm-hmm. and like, for people that are listening and that saw the courses, it just really hurts me because I care about you, and we don't, we didn't, we didn't make this course for fucking fun. No, it was you know not fun to make. It was emotional <laughs> to make, and I'll be completely honest, like. I haven't even told Royal about this. When I was recording the voiceovers for the slides um, for the sexually inappropriate behavior course, I became so emotional at one point. Like I had to stop and just kind of regain my um, 
my mentality for a second because I like we created these courses and especially this particular course for y'all because I know what it's like to have a client like honestly commit a crime a sex crime against me in my treatment room like I know what it's like to have people treat me inappropriately to objectify me to make me feel like um, I've done something wrong when really they're the ones that are doing that thing wrong and it can affect you so deeply and nobody yes. deserves that and it is something that absolutely happens in this industry and just because it hasn't happened to you yet I'm not hoping that it does but it doesn't mean that it won't and that is why we want y'all to be about it. yes we want you to be prepared we want you to be safe like Yes, it's important for you to get clients. Yes, it's important for you to have beautiful business cards and a lovely website and know how to do your treatments. But if you aren't safe, none of those other things matter. Exactly. And like when we go through like academy training and we get trained, like, yeah, gun training is a big part of our training. Mm -hmm. It's a huge part. But what a lot of people don't know, 95% of all the police officers, I, I can't speak about the world, other like foreign countries, but in the U.S., 95% of the police officers will never fire their gun. Ever. Right. Now, 90, right. The only place we're firing it is at the range. Mm -hmm. now, that only right. that only that 5% you see on TV. Right. The 5% right. you see in protests and shit, and I'm not going to get into it, but a lot of those crimes, a lot of those shootings were legit, but people can't see it from my perspective. Mm -hmm. But that... All you see on that news, that's 5%. 95% of all of us, all the thousands of officers in the U.S. will never shoot a gun, but except at the range. Prepared. But we still got to train. Yeah. We still got to prepare. And the, day, and, and the day you do, it's one of the most traumatic days of your life. Exactly. We, yeah, a lot of people think we just go back to work after that. No, yeah, we, like, yeah. we, we got to go see a therapist. That's mm -hmm. mandatory at our department. Mm -hmm. We have to go. Um, we yeah. get put off work for a minimum of a month. Or two months or, or more for investigation. And because mental, shooting somebody, it's easy, but it's tough. Like to take to take a life and all this stuff. Like I didn't train jujitsu for fun. I trained 90, 98% of people that train martial arts will never use it. But we train it. Yeah. So when that 2%, if and when it happens, I'm prepared and I've been there already. Mm -hmm. And I've literally visualized myself in these situations. Yeah. So this sexually inappropriate inappropriate behavior, of course, isn't fun. This isn't a joke. This shit is serious. <laughs> and it really gets under my skin and annoys me that people and these estheticians only want to hear about consultations, mastering consultations and policies. Like, mm -hmm. it just, I know it's a and, huge and part, but it's really fucking pisses me off. When you underestimate, yeah, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, let me tell you why that is. Unfortunately, right? Because people people want to focus on things that's going to make them more money. Mm -hmm. Taking a sexual harassment course, like straight up, like it's it's not going to make you more money. It's going to give you like a plan, and it's going to give you things that no nothing else is going to give you. Like it's like I haven't um, watched your course yet. I'm sure it's phenomenal. Um, but. Like, that is something that we kind of look over because we're just like, oh, like, I, I know how to handle it. Like, I'll go ahead and tell my story that I was talking to you guys about before the break. So, this is how crazy the situation is. On Tuesday night, I, I haven't got to read the book in full, like I said, but I skipped around and was reading the sexual harassment chapter. And I remember thinking, I am so glad and so blessed that this never happened to me and hopefully, you know, never will happen to me. And, you know, 
kind of still living with this like apologetic mindset of like not knowing what I would do, like in you know the, the process and all this stuff. You guys, literally the next day, I had a situation occur with um, a male client trying to buy his wife a gift certificate, um, and where he basically like went to these crazy lengths to like get my number, like my personal number, and all this, and it just escalated to be a really like inappropriate situation with him asking me some like really inappropriate questions. And I literally had to end it. Like, I had to literally say, this is inappropriate. I have boundaries. Like, if you need any other help with anything business-related, contact this number. And, and this squawked him. Like, and had I not, like, guys, this, this happened, like, this week. Had I literally not read that chapter the night before, who knows how I would have handled that situation. I could have gone in with, like, this naive mindset of, like, oh, well, he's, he's just being really friendly. Or, like, oh, like, he just... He means well. Like, no, he doesn't fucking mean well. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this this is predatory behavior. Like, I do have to recognize predatory behavior, but I feel like especially as women, and if any of you guys are watching and you're from, like, the South, like, in Southern culture, it's even worse because you're basically told to be quiet and to be, you know, just, just not combative at all. Mm-hmm. And in these situations, so many women, especially, they get back into a corner. And they are scared to speak up for themselves and they're scared to handle situations where they need to be handled because there's just this fear and you have to use your voice and you have to say no and you have to end it and you have to, you have to just take control of the situation. And, um, my situation was something that was over text. So it obviously wasn't, um, as big of a deal as if you were dealing with something in person, like God forbid someone getting like assaulted at work or just like you know like touched inappropriately at work or whatever the case may be like you need a plan because guys listen you think you can handle it until you're in the middle of it Mm -hmm. and then that's when people's receptors just go off and you you honestly like when you're being like like violated in a a, a way like you can't think straight like all, all the things you thought you would do like how i would be like a badass bitch and i would just go off on him or i would go off on her or whatever maybe you think that you, you really may think that but when you're in the middle of it you're like you almost lose your voice mm-hmm. and you can't do that unless you have a plan you have to have a plan and so this whole situation was honestly like a good thing because me and my team now we can regroup and now we put policies and plans and actions if this ever happens again and you know from now on no clients are allowed to have like our personal numbers. We're not allowed to do business on our personal numbers at all. We have a work phone for a reason. <laughs> we have a work email for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so that is like you know a way that we have kind of taken you know taken control of the situation. But had I not, you know, who knows how I would have handled that situation had I not read that one chapter in that book just randomly and thought to myself like, oh, this is never going to happen to you because you're so special. Like, I think a lot of people sometimes have that mindset. They're just like, I'm so special. Like, you're not special. Like, I know that sounds, like, kind of rough, but you're not special. Like, bad things happen to good people every single day. Bad things happen to people who work hard. And honestly, if you're working hard and you're being more put out into the public, it honestly makes you more of a target mm-hmm. for predatory people like this. Um, so having a plan of action is so, so huge. And just educating yourself um, on how to handle the situation. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm so grateful that you were willing to share that story on the podcast. And I, you know, I put that chapter in the book specifically for things like this, like to prepare you so that you have an idea of what to do 
or you're ever faced with these kinds of situations. Because when you are in that moment and somebody says something that is offensive to you or does something that is offensive to you that makes you feel small or ashamed or scared, you, you're not thinking straight. You, you revert back to whatever training you have. And if you have zero training on how to handle those situations, then the odds are it's not going to go well. Um, but yeah. if you have some inkling of an idea of what you're going to say or how you're going to respond, then your brain can hopefully pull that forward. And that is what you can use to navigate the situation. And I think it's so important. You know, you talked about how you maybe you had this thought like, oh, that won't happen to me because I'm special or because that happens to other people. It happens to yeah, anyone. Or you live in a small community or you live in a safe neighborhood or you're like maybe like, you know, a higher income area, which right. like you feel like that wouldn't happen at. Right. Yeah. Or you're like, oh, well, I don't dress inappropriately or I don't go out and get drunk on the weekend you know, or whatever. Like we have this idea of these certain types of people are the ones who get assaulted or um, sexually harassed or whatever. And that is not true. It can happen to literally anyone, man, woman, grandma, it doesn't matter. Like anybody could be a victim of this. And you have zero control over who it is that comes into your establishment when you are working with the public. And, um, you know, we put our information out there on the internet where anybody could find a way to contact us, whether we have our personal info out there or our work info. If they want to, they will find a way to contact you. And so yeah. you need to be prepared, you know, 99.999% of the time, you're going to have people contacting you because they truly want to experience the skincare services that you offer. But every once in a while, there may be somebody who has bad intentions, and that is what you need to be prepared for. I just realized with you talking right now, that's the reason I never finished the book, because I feel like people don't care. Mm. So why am I going? So, so why am I? Yeah. So why I didn't finish Purple Judo? Because why am I going to waste my time? Yeah. People aren't even taking the advantage of our sexually inappropriate course, or even asking, really asking about it. I noticed the uh, thing. Look, followers on Instagram don't mean shit. They yeah. don't mean nothing. I yeah. I know some people that have a bunch of followers that are broke. Okay. Yeah. Likes don't mean yeah. nothing. But what I do pay attention to is when we post something of that thing, like of that statistic, or of that like a sexual harassment thing or tip, our likes go tremendously down. We get zero shares. We get nothing. So, and even when we launched our courses, everybody said this about mastering compensation or policies. But I just told you about sexually inappropriate behavior. So why am I going to write a book about verbal judo when you guys don't care? Why am I going to waste my time? It's true. And and that's part of, I think, our job is because it it is something that people aren't talking about in the industry. Like we were talking with Natalie earlier that, they, they don't talk about it in aesthetic school. Um, most managers don't put their spa managers, don't put their, their employees through sexual harassment training, even though according to your state, you may have legal requirements to do so. Um, but it's not something right. that is discussed. Right. Yeah, it's not something that's discussed. And so I feel like that is a huge part of our calling in Spa Strong is to bring awareness and help people understand, even though this may not be popular, it is still absolutely necessary and absolutely vital. And we shouldn't be reactive with our safety. It shouldn't be a thing where we- proactive. Exactly, you should be proactive, but that's not the common trend. And so we have a responsibility to share the knowledge that we have and help people understand like, this is coming from a place of love because we want you to stay safe. We don't want you to have these experiences that 
I or so many other estheticians have experienced that can be harmful physically, emotionally, mentally. And so I think that as we continue to, you know, build trust with um, our audience and with spas out there, and we continue to share knowledge through the podcast and the other resources that we have, then people will start recognizing the value. But but I, I think that we can't necessarily fault them for not wanting, immediately wanting something that they didn't ever think they needed. Yeah. Well, and uh, and on top of that, uh, you kind of brought up a good point, Royal. There are a lot of states, if I'm remembering correctly, that that is um, – like required so like i'm thinking to myself like as a business owner if you have employees on payroll um and then you have to follow like osha laws mm-hmm. and i'm about 99 percent sure that one of the laws that i was reading because i'm like in the process of like getting like there's certain like signs you have to have hung up in like mm-hmm. a common area and all this like when you have employees on payroll it's a totally different like story but i'm pretty sure that it's a requirement to have you know a mandatory sexual harassment training so for those of you listening if you have you know pay like employees on payroll um this course could be your you know company sexual harassment training that you do like once a year yeah it depends Um, on it depends on your state requirements um but for some states yes this would qualify yeah for sure um yeah because i'm sure sometimes it has to be like fixed through like their like meet certain like standards or something like that um, but, but yeah, so that could, that could be something that you guys like really need to jump on, like for people who are listening. Um, and something else that, you know, we had talked about before that, like, I feel like I would be doing everybody listening, like a huge disservice if I didn't talk about is the importance of after everything that we've talked about today, um, of seeing, um, an actual like talk therapist. And I know that there's probably people, um, who maybe they're like me and you're from like the South and like therapy and just mental health in general are maybe depending on the culture you come from is kind of taboo Mm -hmm. and I personally feel like that is something that is crucial in this industry Um, and I think I told you this before we started filming but I would not be able to handle everything that has come my way these last couple months had I not been taking care of my mental health and even if taking care of your mental health is just having one day off like if you're like me and you work six sometimes seven days a week like just make sure you get a day off um or like I I do think that there's you know some of you guys that probably need to speak with someone like when you're working with the public and you're working with you know such like hands-on and there's so much energy being exchanged and it's one of those things where it's like they're like people can tell you like such deep personal issues and you almost start to carry that I think it is really important to speak with somebody to get that out and, and you'll just be so much stronger mentally. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I really, really, really um, recommend to everybody is to see someone. Um, or in, and even, like, and you, have to, you have to be careful with this, but even, like, if your clients are telling you something and you see major red flags, like, having a good relationship with someone who you know is, like, a safe person, you know that they um, run a really, really good practice, like, even referring your clients to people. I've got a really, really amazing relationship. Um, with my therapist and I've had a couple clients who the things they were mentioning to me, like it just, it didn't really fit well with me. And it was like some major red flags and you have a responsibility, not just as like a business owner but, or a practitioner, but as like a human being to be like, Hey, have you, have you talked to like, you know, someone like about this, like this seems like this is a lot weighing on you. 
and you know you may you may want to to see somebody about this you obviously have to use it with like caution and only use it as someone who's really really opened up to you and there's a lot of trust there um but i i i highly recommend that because guys like what we do is so emotionally draining it is so emotionally draining you have to be very very strong emotionally especially like if you see yourself in aesthetics for the long run because you know we, we listen to people talk like hours and hours in the day usually sometimes mm-hmm. we'll get less of sleep but <laughs> but it's usually like conversations hours on hours a day your clients will share things with you that they may not share with the average person in their life and for whatever reason people come to the you know the esthetician or the hair salon or nail salon or whatever and they feel like that is a safe place for them to be able to open up about things that are going on that they wouldn't normally share with people that they see on a day-to-day basis and clients may share some really difficult information with you um, maybe you have a client who is going through a nasty divorce or somebody who had experienced some kind of trauma or an extreme loss in their life they're dealing with a horrible illness and there are there are heavy heavy themes that we discuss with our clients and yes it is emotional for you but also i love that you brought up the the idea that if you have a mental health practitioner that you know and trust being able to offer that to clients in certain situations i think another thing is um i know that i believe it's colorado that their cosmetologists go through a training where they can recognize to learn to recognize the signs of domestic violence because sometimes clients will come in and they'll allude to situations without going right out and seeing it and so i'm going to fact check this and put the actual information in the episode notes um if it isn't colorado i'll figure out what state it is but i know that there is a state that is either in the process or has already made it a required part of licensure to go through this um domestic violence training where they can recognize those signs and then to know how to properly um, refer resources to those clients because it is such a delicate um, it is such a delicate topic and yes. uh, so I think that making yourself aware of those kinds of things and again I'll, I'll find the exact information on that and link it in the show notes because that's something that I really really respect I think it's so so important but then also as practitioners, you know, like you said, it is extremely emotionally draining. These clients come in and they talk to us and we'll have what will be booked back to back to back. And one client will come in with the best news on the planet. And the next client will come in with something absolutely devastating that they've gone through. And it's just back and forth, back and forth all day. And um, the client is the priority in the treatment. And so if there's something that they need to vent about, I like to be able to let them vent about it but then I would still have to hear it, you know? And of course, if there's a situation, like a client is talking about something that is totally inappropriate, offensive, whatever, then you should have boundaries around that conversation. Um, But for the most part, if they're talking about things that are going on in their life, I would kind of let them just go and discuss it. But it's hard not to take that home with you. And then you also have the stress of running your own business and um, maybe you have employees, maybe you are struggling financially, maybe there's other things going on in your personal life, and there is nothing wrong with seeing a therapist if that is what you need to keep your mental health in check. 
So I yeah. love that you're that you're bringing that up. It's very very important. One hundred percent, and and I will always um, advocate for that because, like I said, like you know, I kind of come from a culture where you know every like people just don't talk about things things like that. People don't talk about mental health with their families, let alone like to a random stranger. And when I tell you guys, like I am super super young. And I feel like that in my like short time in this industry and just in my like my short life that I've had, like I feel like one of the reasons that has helped me stay grounded and is the only reason why I've handled things the way that I've handled is because like I invested in my mental health and I invest in a really good therapist and um and, and I just one hundred percent recommend that. It's with a safe person. And sometimes you gotta play around before you find someone really is, is the right person for you and, and their their practice and just their style and make sure that it's someone that you love and trust um, before you obviously would recommend it to to your clients. Um, I think that's so important what you said that it may take you a minute to find the right therapist for you. Like don't go to just just because a therapist has good reviews doesn't mean they're right for you. And so yeah. you can go in and yes they're the authority figure as far as like mental health goes they have the licensure they have the education but you know your mental health better than they do and if you know that they aren't going to be a good fit for you you're allowed to walk away and find somebody else yeah 100 percent. and i think that that is is really really important to understand and just and crucial to understand um and um kind of and I think this is like one of the, the last things that we had kind of touched on, like before the podcast, um, that, that I kind of, and this is so awesome, you guys that are listening, because you literally have two totally different ends of the spectrum right here. Uh, you know, Melissa, like you've been an esthetician for what, like 12 years, like you've been in the industry for such a long time. Yeah, um, and then there's me, yeah, it's been 12 years. And, and then there's me who's been in the industry for almost like two years and I'm a baby and I'm still, you know, like learning and I'm still growing um, my business and we're at like two totally different um, places. So I really hope that throughout this episode, you guys have um, really benefited from our experiences and our stories and kind of how, like what we take into our own unique businesses. Um, but I, I, we had touched on the fact that we wanted to talk about the importance of honoring like where you are in the aesthetics industry, because this is something that I think we see a lot of, of people kind of wanting to jump the gun um, and start making like six figures right out of high school, right out of, um, you know, getting your esthetician license or um, people who, you know, have the desire to be in one field, but, you know, they don't necessarily like want to do that because they look on Instagram and they see other people um, doing something completely different. And I kind of just wanted to say that where you're at in your career is constantly going to look different. Like right now, like I'm still like in hustle mode. You know what I mean? Like I'm, you know, about to open the storefront. Like I am in the process of building my team. Like I am in such a transition period right now and I'm still working 60 plus hours a week, like every single day, 10 hour days, like working with clients, then working with, you know, on the, the business things and our branding stuff and our blogs and just so, so much. And it's requiring so much of me. However, I really, really want everybody to know that you have to decide what you want and what space you want to occupy in this industry. Because already, like, I'm two years into this, and I'm going to let you know right now, like, the way I'm working is not sustainable, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, like, right now, this is what's required of me because I'm working and I'm grinding and I'm hustling and I'm building. But some of you, like, young girls right now, if you're fresh out of esthetician school and you're listening to this, 
right now you have it in you to work those 60 hours and you should be because you know you want to get out of debt you want to save money you do all that but in five years ten years some of y'all are going to want to settle down and have kids and that is just not feasible for having a normal life Mm -hmm. um so that's where it you know becomes really important to understand the aspect of you know raising your prices and really focusing on more of like a quantity over quantity which are things that like i'm starting to implement like in my business now um so what are like where i guess this is a question i'm sure i'll i'm gonna ask you this and i feel like so many people are probably like dying to know this about you where do you feel you are like in your journey as like an esthetician now because obviously you guys have the podcast you have all this and you know i know you said that you really had like cut back and gotten to the point where you can kind of have more of like a personal life now so what like advice or what things can we kind of touch on to um to just talk about the different areas of, of you know your journey in your career um and how it's always been a little different at different times um that is a great question because it is going to be constantly changing because our lives are constantly changing we have different circumstances that come in we'll have different you know relationships that we build we'll have you know illness or loss or whatever so when i was seeing clients um at my studio spa i gosh i started out with like the hard hard hustle of working like 60 to 80 hours a week and yeah. I realized very, very quickly that that was not sustainable to me and that I, I get burned out really, really easily. And I did mm -hmm. not want that to happen with my aesthetics career. I, I know there are people out there who are very like type, consistently type A personalities and they can work and 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 have their yeah. goal and mission in mind and continue to find joy and you know work themselves into a grave and be like happy the whole time. I have that in spurts and I know that if I overwork myself that then I, like I said I'll get burned out and I'll lose my joy I did not want to lose my joy in aesthetics and so I recognized that even though um and this was before I knew Royal uh even though I had a dream of one day opening up like you know multiple locations and having this huge spa because that's what so many people like wanted to do in the industry I had to look at myself realistically and ask myself if that was um, actually good for me and the way that I work and the way that I operate. And I realized that at least for that period in my life, that was not the best route for me. So what I needed to do in order to continue loving my career as an esthetician, I needed to cut back on my hours. In order to do that, I had to increase my pricing so that I could still um, survive financially and my when I first started um, my prices were like a little below industry standards so it was important for me to raise them anyway but I had to be like I said I had to be honest with myself like okay I am not in a place in my life where I know that I will find joy by hustling so hard to open up this you know great big huge spa and have multiple locations um, so right. I kind of took a step back. I, I worked like 20 to 30 hours a week and I was happy. I had great balance in my life. I was thriving financially. I only had clients that I absolutely loved. I only did treatments that I absolutely loved. I was able to date yes. and travel and have fun. And that was perfect for me at that time. Now, 
later I decided that I wanted to expand. I got into a place where I was like, okay, it's time for me to grow. I started traveling back and forth to LA to build up a clientele there. And as my clientele in LA was growing, then I was hit by the semi truck. And that's when all of my treatments stopped. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was interesting how, like, right in that moment when I was ready to really start growing, um, I was in that accident. I tried to do treatments again a little bit a few months later, but um, I just had so much pain still in my body. And so it didn't really work out well for me. But then when I went into the academy, I literally was like mentally done with aesthetics. I decided that I was finished. I sold all of my equipment. I sold all of my lashes, like everything. I was just like, okay, I'm now going to be a police officer. And that is it. That's my life. And so when I was injured and I had to resign, um, I, I really struggled. And this is probably more information than what you were looking for. But I, I really struggled emotionally to figure out who I was because I had fallen so deeply in love with law enforcement and I believe in it so much. And I believe in who I became through that experience, like that empowerment that I gained and um, giving myself permission to be the badass that I know I truly am. And then, right. but I also have this love for the aesthetics industry and for the students that I had and my clients and all of that, and the treatments and everything. So when I decided to combine the two, I had to be really realistic with myself at that point also and decide, okay, am I going to focus on education and resources or am I going to focus on treatments? Because I can't be a jack of all trades and master of none. Like I yeah. need to specialize. And so I had to make some tough decisions and decide, okay, if I'm going to do treatments, it's going to 100% be a side hustle. I'm not going to advertise for them. If somebody comes to me and asks to start doing peels, that's great. But I'm not going to do lashes anymore um, because that is a much bigger investment and that requires more of my time. So to me, chemical peels were a better payoff financially, uh, less equipment, less time, more money. And so, um, and then I could dedicate the rest of my working time, notice I said working time, um, the rest of my working time to growing Spa Strong and providing the resources and education that we want to provide. Then I'm able to maintain balance so that I have my personal time outside of my working time. Because, I mean, again, probably more info than you wanted, but I no. know for me, if I let myself, I will work, 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 work until I completely crash and then I want nothing to do with anything I was working on so you have to look internally and find out yeah. what kind of personality you are and how you can work and I love Natalie that you're recognizing okay working 60 hours a week forever is not sustainable but you have a vision of what life works for you and what career works for you and the business that you want and so you recognize that in order to get that you have to put in more time now so that you can enjoy the balance that later. you're going to have later. Yeah, and that is so so important. And no, it, it's definitely not like more information than I think that I was asking for. I think it's I think so many people can benefit from that because everybody is in such a different place in this industry, and everybody wants such different things. Like, like I will go ahead and tell you, and I'm sure you can attest to this when you were like a spa owner. Like, if you want to own a business, and especially if you have multiple locations, um, 
you, yeah, like get used to the 60 hours because mm-hmm. it's not going away for a while. It's not going away for a while. So you really have to ask yourself, like, do I want this? Because some of you guys, like, you're, you know, some people, I feel like really, really fall in love with skincare mm-hmm. and they like doing skincare. They don't like the freaking, the business side of things. Like me, like I love the business side. Like I thrive off of the business side. Like in the future, like that's all I see myself doing. It's just like the management side. Yeah. Um, I still love skincare and I'm passionate about it, but they, you might be someone who's like, you are so passionate that you may be happier working at, you know, a plastic surgeon's office and being a kick-ass medical esthetician and building an amazing clientele and doing that for years and making great money Mm -hmm. and it's lower stress. You're not worried about branding and about doing your own social media and about doing, you know, all of the above. Um, Or, you know, maybe like you're an esthetician and you've been solo for a really long time and you're still solo. And, and if you're solo, you have such a great situation because you have control over your schedule and you have control over your prices and you're allowed to change. Like maybe mm-hmm. like, like in my humble opinion, and this is, this is my opinion, like your first two years, like you should be in hustle mode. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't think anybody six months out of school needs to be talking about like burnout. Like, you know, you know, like, yeah. like girl, you got a long career ahead of you. But like you said, you have to understand like what works for you and what doesn't. And if you are someone who, you know, you want to have a life, you want to be able to travel, you want to, um, you, it's, it's everything is based off what you value, especially if you're someone who values like family and you value like independence, you value your spare time. Um, you have to make adjustments and you're allowed to make adjustments. Like there's nothing like, I think sometimes like people get like, we, we want like hustler is like a compliment. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. like I can hustle. Like I can do the 60, 80 hours. Well, yeah, you can do that. Like me, I can do this right now because I'm, I'm young and 21, but I don't know if I want to be doing this when I'm 30. Right. Like I want to build something that eventually can, you know, operate itself. And that is something that that's a, like a decision that you make. It's really not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to sacrifice. Yes. I'm willing to sacrifice my time to work on something that's like longer because this is where I'm at in my journey right now. Once you change and you and your values change, what you're willing to sacrifice changes. It's like, no, I'm not sacrificing my weekends because my my husband or my time with my family means more to me than anything. And I'm making adjustments because this is what I value at that moment. And that should be just as respected and, and understood as the people who are hustling like crazy and waking up at 5 a.m. and not going to sleep until like 1 a.m. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. really living like the hustler lifestyle. And for those of you guys who are listening to this, like you kind of are getting like two different sides of the spectrum because I'm at a point right now where my schedule's crazy and I'm working all the time and, and that's a blessing. Like I'm not complaining because, you know, we've, we've got a lot of clients and the business is growing really, really fast. But understand that some of you guys might be listening to this at a different point in your life and be like, okay, it's time for me to make changes and know that those changes are okay to make. Mm-hmm. It's okay to raise your prices a little bit so you don't have to work as hard. Like my mother, bless her heart, she's been a cosmetologist for 20 years and she still will work 12 hour days mm-hmm. um, to get all her clients in just because it's what she knows. It's what she's done. And like, it's so funny. Like I literally like, we're hard workers like in my family so it's like if I have a day off during the week that was like normally a day that I would work and I'm just like at home where I'm sick she's just like what are you doing why aren't you working like why did you go to work oh you're sick like do you need to go to the hospital like what's wrong you know mm-hmm. because we, like that's just like who we are like we were just like work 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 and I feel like I really realized at a young age that 
okay, you have to work smarter, not harder, but you still have to work hard. Yeah. Um, That's something that I hope people listening can take away from. Like, you're getting two different ends of the spectrum. Like, what I, when I have 10 years of experience in this industry, like, what I want, what I value might be completely different um, from someone who's, like, six months in and you're in love with this industry and you want to make as much money as possible and you want to just work your little behind off. Like, that's, like, both places are okay. And just know that we are all on the same page. We're all unified in the sense that we're all in this industry together and we're all occupying different spaces. And however you personally decide to fit your schedule, however you personally decide to follow your career path, there's nothing wrong with that. You're not doing anything wrong. Exactly. I think it's it's important to remember that it's okay if you don't want what everyone else seems to want. Like Absolutely. Yeah. Like if you're somebody who you don't want to run your own business, you want to work for somebody else. Perfect. Do it and be the best at it and thrive there. If you're somebody who wants to open up a huge spa, you know, like Natalie and, you know, become the like tycoon of aesthetics in your area, then do it and thrive there. If you're somebody like me, who's like, okay, I love this. I want to work. Um, but I know that I thrive in education. And so that's where I'm going to focus Then do that and thrive there. Like you, we need to stop comparing ourselves. And I think that, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording Natalie that um, we look at social media and we see what everybody else is doing. And then we start comparing ourselves and we're like, oh, well, they're doing X, Y, and Z, so I should do X, Y, and Z. Or they're doing this and this, so I should do this and this. Well, you don't know the reasons why they're doing that. People might look at me um, when I had my spa and see that my books were only open for four days a week or sometimes three days a week. And they're like, oh, well, what's Melissa doing? Gosh, she must not care about her business. No, my business was doing great. I just made it work for me and for my personal, you know, what I needed so that I could maintain balance and stay healthy in my life and in my relationships. So you don't ever know what somebody's situation is. Maybe somebody is working 80 hours a week because they have to pay for an organ transplant for one of their family members, you know, or right. something. So don't think, oh, well, they're working 80 hours a week, so I should do it too. You don't know what their motivation is. You don't understand their reasons. So what you need to do is look internally, look at yourself, decide what kind of career you want for yourself and go for it. And then allow that to evolve and allow that to change as you change and as you grow. 100%. And, and you know, this is the thing. If people try to give you a hard time about cutting back on your schedule, let me tell you something. Walking, taking your dog for a walk, that's a booked time. If someone asks, like, oh, can you do this on, like, a Sunday? No, I'm booked. You don't have to give them an explanation. You don't say, no, I go to church with my family, or no, I, that's the day that I lay in bed all day. You don't have to tell them what you're doing. You're booked. If someone yep. asks something, say, I'm booked that day. Yep. Because you were taking your dog for a walk, you going to family dinner, you going um, on a road trip with your husband or your partner, like, that's your book. Like, yep. that's your book. Exactly. Like, that's all you have to say. And they won't. Those will be like, oh, okay, so what other day do you, like, do you work? Oh, okay, well, um, I have openings on this, this, and this day. Yep. And people get the message. And they find the day that works for them. Um, and people will adjust. And I think that's, you know, that's super important about finding, like, quality clients over quantity. Because when you first start out, you're, you'll just take whoever you can get. But when you really, you know, get skin in the game and you kind of grow as, you know, a practitioner, you, you really realize, okay, it's time for me to shift my focus and attract people who are my people, you yeah. know what I mean? And my ideal clientele, and, and that's super important. So I, I think that's really needed, and I think people who are listening can, can really, really benefit from that. So 
don't be, you guys gotta stop beating yourselves up, like, literally, like, it's, it's not that deep, it's a skincare treatment, you know what I mean, like, yeah. like they will still pay if they have to wait a couple more weeks, um, and I'm literally saying this to almost, like, convince myself, because I am, like, the worst at this, like, I literally will go in on Sundays to get people in, and, and that's also, I think, where it comes, it comes time to hire an employee after a while, if you do want to serve everybody, um, in order to get people in at a certain space like if you're booked out consistently like six to eight weeks it may be time to hire somebody um and help somebody else build their career um based off of like your clientele yep so absolutely so that's really important yeah and then that's where you get to see you get to have more clients you get to have more income and then when you hire other employees that's when you can potentially start cutting back on your own hours if you want to yes so yes. it's a win-win for sure. Um, yeah, that's the formula. Yeah, awesome. Okay, um, so we are coming up on a couple hours. This conversation <laughs> has been so, so awesome. We talked about a lot I know. this episode. I know, and it has been so good. Like, we're so happy to have you on. I, I feel like we're going to have to have you back um, another time if, you're, if your schedule allows so that we can talk about, like, some of the other stuff within um, how you operate your business and things like that, like branding and sales. We'd like to ask all of our guests what boundaries, balance, health, and safety mean to them. And I know we've kind of talked about all of them throughout this amazing conversation, but do you have any other final points that you want to share about any of those? So what, um, basically like what boundaries, health, and safety all mean to me, um, are just basics like it's the basics Mm -hmm. and unfortunately it's not treated like it's the basics and I say this with so much love but it's exactly like what Royal was saying we'll spend money on mastering consultations we'll spend money on different sales strategies we'll spend money on different social media packages that you're not going to freaking use and you know and all that is so optional so so optional like different things work differently for everybody Boundaries, health, and safety are things that are not optional. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you can just be like, okay, we'll find something else that works for us or this technique doesn't work for us. Like, it's dire. Like, it's life and death. And it's just like you guys were saying earlier in the podcast. Like, it's not something to be taken lightly. Like, we joke about a lot of stuff and we, you know, have fun in our careers with a lot of things. But this is something that is so, so serious. And it should be taken seriously. And I hope that, you know, this episode really, really sparks something in, you know, your all's listeners to, you know, hopefully they can learn from, you know, some of my experiences and some of your experiences that things that you maybe are doing in your practice right now aren't right. Or maybe you need to change some things or maybe you need to evolve, whether it be like changing your schedule around or putting in like actual better cancellation policies or um, you know, the, handling um, sexual harassment in the workplace. These are things that are not optional. Like they shouldn't be treated as optional. Like it's life and death, mm-hmm. and it that is just so so important. And and it all kind of relates back to each other. But that is kind of what all those things mean to me, and, and what they mean to uh, my business, and you know how important they are to inspiration. Um, it's just super important that all our clients, our employees. Um, and everyone, even on like our social media platforms, like everybody is treated with balance and with health and with safety. Like I know that sounds crazy, but it's just important that everybody is, you know, treated with decency and that we treat ourselves with decency and that we run a business that is not, this isn't like a side hustle. You know what I mean? It's just like what you were saying. It's, you know, 
Apple doesn't take their boundaries and their health and their safety lightly. Amazon doesn't take their boundaries, their health, and their safety lightly. And in the aesthetics industry, we shouldn't either, and especially if you want to grow and you want to scale as a six- and seven-figure business. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Thank you so Thank much, you. Natalie. Your your wisdom is so necessary and so, like, impressive, honestly. I mean, hello, Natalie's only 21, y'all, just so you know. Like, um, but, yeah. and you'll- I'm a baby, y'all. Literally, like, people are going to listen to this conversation and be like, oh, my gosh, I just, I just listened to a speaker talk for, like, an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, a very, very oh, wife. Yeah, you're like Benjamin Button, young. then. If you're a fan, yeah. then you're like Benjamin Button. You've like had all of this life right? experience oh, and it's reversed out. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I know, literally, there's like, it's crazy, but. No, you are so awesome. And we truly, truly appreciate you taking so much time to um, to talk with us and to help empower our, our podcast and our listeners. Yes. So thank you. Where can our listeners connect with you? Where can they, where can they find more from you? So you can find more of me, Natalie, and the rest of the Skinspiration team um, on Instagram, Facebook, at the Skinspiration. So it's literally just the and inspiration with an SK, Skinspiration, get it? Mm -hmm. um, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and also find us on Twitter at Skinspiration KY. Um, or the best way to find us is our website, just www.theskinspiration.com. And we are more than happy to help like any estheticians in any ways. Like I, I don't do training or coaching calls or anything like that. Um, but I do have a lot of conversations in my DMs. And so that's how me and Melissa met. Yes. Um, so if anything that we talked about today resonates with you guys and you have more questions, message me, message Melissa. I mean, majority of what we do is just have conversations on Instagram all day. Yeah. Um, so. So we would love to connect with you guys. You know, if you guys are um, estheticians in the uh, Kentucky, Tennessee area, hit us up. Let's be friends. And yeah, that's that's how you can find me. Awesome. awesome. Um, thank you so much, Natalie. We again, we truly, truly appreciate you. This was amazing. Yes, this was such a great episode, and we will talk to you soon.